Chapter 1 Gail Hargreaves was cursed with living amongst people who were devout Bronte lovers, whilst not caring much for the three famous sisters herself. She'd seen plenty of the TV and film adaptations. It was impossible to miss them when your mother had lived and breathed Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights. But Gail had never felt the urge to pick up one of the novels. Why should she? She knew the stories inside out, without ever having to read them. She knew all about the wicked Heathcliff and the orphan Jane. Her mother recounted the stories all her life. In fact, Gail could distinctly remember first hearing about Cathy and Heathcliff when she was at primary school. Of course, her mother censored the disturbing parts of the novel, sticking to the joyful scenes where the doting pair would run across the moors in wild abandon. The darker scenes were saved for her teenage years. Oh yes, her mother had been a true Bronte addict. If only there were drying out clinics for such an addiction, Gail often thought, in the same way as for alcoholics. That sort of addiction was surely just as damaging as anything alcohol-related, if not more so. Being a Bronte addict meant that you had unrealistic expectations of real life. Bronte addicts expected life to be full of drama and passions, but nothing could be further from the truth in the Dales market town of Pennock, and Gail couldn't help acknowledging the fact that her mother had always worn a look of disappointment on her face, as if she'd felt that life, real life, the life she read about and watched, had passed her by, that it had been happening somewhere else to somebody else. Gail, however, had no such problem. She was happy with her role in life and her place in the world. And that was in the Chippendale Fish and Chip Shop, in the centre of Pennock. She was there now, ready to start the busy Friday evening shift. Did you hear the news? Pete Sawsby asked her. Pete had worked alongside Gail for as long as she could remember. They'd gone to school together, failed GCSE French together, and had fallen into their joint roles at the Chippendale quite happily along with Pete's older brother Michael and part-timer Katie. What news? Gail asked. That Ida Thwaites getting married again. She smiled as she thought of the octogenarian, the Dale's very own answer to Elizabeth Taylor. Was it husband number four or five she'd got lined up now? No, not that news, Pete said. The news about the new Jane Eyre. They're going to start filming soon, and rumour has it they're coming here. What? Right here? Pennock Grange. Really? Yep. Pennock Grange was a beautiful country manor dating back to medieval times. With its towers, castellations and gothic windows, it would make a pretty stunning thornfield, she had to admit. Her mother had often talked about what a pity it was that the resident lord of the manor was more Mr. Bean than Mr. Rochester. Now it was going to have its moment in the spotlight. Here, it's in today's paper. Pete went into the back room and came out with it a moment later. Page three. He handed the paper to Gail, and she opened it. Love is in the air, she read, grimacing at the excruciating, punning headline. What does the world need with yet another adaptation of that book? Pete shrugged. It sells, and it won't do our business any harm, that's for sure. I suppose not. It's bound to bring in the tourists. It was then that Gail did a double-take as she looked at the photo in the paper. Jack Highmore. He was one of the most popular actors of the moment. He was over six feet tall, had chiselled good looks and a head full of gorgeous dark red curls. Gail wrinkled her nose. A red-headed Rochester, 
she said. I thought you weren't bothered about all that Bronte stuff, Pete said. I'm not, she said indignantly, but I am bothered if they get things wrong. So, Rochester isn't a redhead? No, he's not handsome either, but they always have these ridiculously handsome actors play him, like Timothy Dalton with his dimpled chin. I suppose ugly doesn't sell, Pete said with a grin. Gail looked at the photograph of Jack Highmore. She had to admit that there was a certain quality about him. He had perhaps that determined appearance that Rochester had. Anyway, who was she to pronounce judgment? She wasn't a casting agent or a film producer. She served fish and chips. The best fish and chips, mind.